Let's get into it, fellas. Let's do this. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. How's everybody doing today? Another edition of the You Hate to See It podcast on this. We're recording on this Monday night. Uh, it could be a Tuesday morning, it could be a Tuesday afternoon. Hope everybody's having a great day. Um, we had a packed weekend of, uh, I would say, headlines. Um, there was some NBA action. There was um, some NFL headlines. Um, and then some, some good college basketball was played on Saturday. Um, but the story that I want to talk about, and by the way, folks, our show is brought to you by Ray Diesel Fitness. Um, just a few show notes before we start. Uh, the Friday show, the Thursday recording, the Friday show, we're going to have um, the president and CEO of Ray Diesel Fitness, Teray Stevenson, will join us to talk about what he's doing um, in the boxing world and the sports performance world um, as, as he continues to start his brand and build his brand. And he's also a, a sponsor and, and longtime friend of the show, so we're excited to, to have him on. Um, please tune in podcast. Let you guys very, meet him. Very, very excited. Very excited. Very excited. Um, this is a big time for him. Big time for us. Um, we're two, you know, we're two young pr- pr- productions, you know, starting off, and we're going to help each other build and uh, do whatever it takes to help each other out because you know we're all in it um, to succeed. Um, yes, sir. So, so I want to start it off with the Cam Newton situation. All right, Cam is at a seven-on-seven seven t- uh, tournament. I think it was Cam's camp. It was Cam's, yeah, it was Cam's camp. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, you know, a showcase for young athletes, you know, high school kids looking for a place to play college ball, looking just to get exposure. And, you know, the kid starts getting into a shouting match with Cam. I'm not going to harp on the kid for so long because, listen, young kids, 17, 18 years old, they're going to make mistakes. We've all been there. Um, and he did apologize afterward. Now, he, he came off as very arrogant. And who are you, you know, who are you to talk to Cam Newton like that? But, the kid apologized. I was going to get into that from that standpoint on the kid, but he apologized. So apology, I guess, can't accept the apology. They're cool. But my issue is with society itself, that this kid felt that he could get away with talking to a Cam Newton like that. I think it's an awful disgrace that a guy like Cam Newton had to defend himself like that. Cam Newton doesn't have to defend himself to anybody in the, in the NFL, in the football world. Now, we, we say, I say myself, He's a warm cooler. Yeah, his last couple of years have been a little bit of a rough go for Cam. Okay, but he's a competitor. He's a class act. Okay, he's going to play hard every time. This guy is a national champion, a Heisman Trophy winner, a number one overall pick, an NFL MVP. He played in the Super Bowl, and he basically leads Carolina in all passing and quarterback categories they have. Nobody, and there's only a select few NFL players, have a semi-right to shit-talk Cam Newton. Okay, Cam Newton does not deserve that. He shouldn't have to defend himself to anybody. He has put a resume together that people would, would kill for. And I think it's not, it's not this kid's fault. I don't blame this kid. I blame the society that we live in today where it's clicks, it's views, it's exposure on, on Instagram. It's my 10 seconds of fame, the TikTok bullshit. That's all this kid was looking for here yeah, yeah. is let me get my two yeah. seconds of fame talking shit to Cam Newton. I have no grounds to talk about that. He and Cam even said, what have you done today? The guy goes, check YouTube. I'll have to check YouTube. That's, that's not that kid's answer. That's everybody's answer. That's the entitlement answer that I can't stand with kids today that think that they deserve something just for showing up. And that irks me. Yeah. You're killing I think, I think kids in those situations should be more looking for advice. That's you. That's back in a day when I think when we were growing up even so, and I think the, all these people that are in the NFL now, in those situations, they'd look for advice from someone like that. That Like, that guy's done shit that maybe one, less yeah. than 1% of the population has done. Like, they're, like, 
he deserves to, and I commend him for how he handled it. I mean, like he, he was friendly he was bantering guy. back and forth. Yeah, I, I give, yeah. But I mean, like, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's a society issue. I want to make a note. Because they're looking I'm for the likes and retweets. I'm not coming at the kid at all. Okay. The kid apologized yeah. again. I am talking to society in general. Yeah. I mean, I think, it, I think it highlights the, uh, uh, big problem that we're seeing with the younger generation that you alluded to. Like, they're more concerned with, like, going viral or their 10 seconds of fame as opposed to just showing up and putting in the work because, to me, the only thing, the only, my main takeaway from that whole situation was just like a complete lack of self-awareness from a kid. Like, I mean, if you're if you're growing up and that and you're you get the opportunity to compete at an NFL players camp. First of all, Cam Newton doesn't have to be having that camp. So like the fact that he's even doing that to give you the exposure, you should come with some sort of humbleness and grace about you. Like, yeah, I get trash talking between the lines or like getting into it with other campers and showing competitive but there's a thin line between just being straight up disrespect disrespectful like like you said cam cam doesn't deserve that and to and to him like if he wants to go on to play in college like look at look at how you made the headline what what call every every college coach in america that watched that video who you think they want to offer this kid you think they want the players offer. might laugh at him but the coaches are going to take the coaches be like why the fuck do i want to deal with that kid he's going to always talk back to me the same way the coach stepped in the like, situation expect, respect cam newton what makes you think this kid's going to come to our program and fall in line and get us to where we need to go then no no chance no shot so i mean like you said i think cam could have handled it better i don't think he should have went back and forth as long as he did but then he posted the full clip of just trying to talk to him like like man to man, and even he was still being completely uh immature ignorant. he's being ignorant being in, ignorant and immature about the situation because well, here, like, here's the thing and and, and true the reason why you say he comes off ignorant that kid put himself on a stage so now deep down i don't i think he said oh shit i'm in too deep now but now there's an audience so yeah. i gotta perform see i learned this you know when i was growing when i was you know when i was a teacher that the young class students class. The they, class they, yeah, and they say, oh, shit, now I'm on stage. I can't back down. Now, even though I want to back down, I don't want this confrontation, but I can't back down because I'm going to look weak to my friends. Can I Can I touch it? where he put himself in that position. Like, I used to do this a lot. I used to always bust, like, Don Mills balls, Chewy's balls, all the best players on our teams, you know, like, and I used to always, like, shit talk them and shit, but I did it in a more friendly banter way, and I was just, you know, like, doing it. I, I've been in that situation before, but, I mean, that's an audience with a bunch of people you don't know. Like, I did it in a team, wait, team situation. I used to always, like, shit talk the best guys and like there is, there's a i know they're better than me but i it was a it was a totally different complete like way i was going about it than what the no, kid was doing he was just trying listen, i was just trying me, to do it to have fun and have fuck around with him for me i mean I, i'm starstruck like I, that's cam fucking newton i don't care at the end of the day you know how bad or how good he is where he's at in the nfl this guy has done everything that i want to that i would want to be in life if i'm a young kid going into college right now i want to win a Heisman yeah. trophy i want to be i want to win a national championship i want to be a first round i want to be number one pick so why, why am I ripping this guy? Because, okay, he's got a – I say the same thing. He's a worm, Kelly Okay, he's uh, going through a rough patch in his career. This isn't the final chapter for Cam. We know this. Okay, Cam will find a way to get better in this league. Will he be the way, the MVP guy he was? Pro, I don't think so, but I think he could be a, a good quarterback in this league in the right system. Um, but I'm just again, saying, like, I would – when I, if I was going like, – I would have shit-talked Cam a little if I was at that camp or whatever. Not ever, but I would have – he went to a disrespectful manner. I would have just been like – can't watch i'm gonna pass all your records or some shit and just you know like well, when the kids said you make, that, you yeah. you're gonna make no money once you go into the finances like you I mean, cross the I mean, line you're not going camp, back from camp camp's made more money than 
probably 90% of Well, that's American why he can't ask for has. his father. He said, well, how much your father make? Yeah, like, he I wouldn't mean, rip the kid. He wasn't kicking a minimum wage job. But on the other hand, like Cam, you know, he was caught off guard because the last thing he's expecting is a kid to shit talk yeah, him at his own camp. At his own camp, yeah. Or shit talk him anywhere for that matter. There's his own camp. Yeah. yeah. So Especially I, someone I, who plays football. I think you should respect him. I think more from a, like a grown man heckler than you do from a, yeah. a kid. A kid that actually is still playing football. And trying right, right. And I, and I really player. like that the NFL, other players in the NFL came to Cam, Cam's defense. And yeah. this kid, I mean, imagine that kid's moment where he, oh, shit, this, and said, I really screwed up here. When I got the entire NFL, like, shit-talking me now. Like, you yeah. know, now I feel for that kid because that kid really, I, like you said, shoot, that kid definitely hurt his future. Yeah, it's a it's it's a learning it's a learning lesson. I mean, it is. looks if not. He's, old, if he's good, he'll still play somewhere. He made he just made it he just made it harder for himself. He did. He's got to really do a lot of damage control. But I, it goes back to the upbringing. It goes back to, to to what society has given the example to kids today. And shoot, you and I were talking about this before. You know, kids getting you know D three looks or saying you know are going on social media and bragging you know going nuts. But that's good. That's good for you, man. That's great. But like we need to understand where the bar of expectation is, and hey, I get it. You want to show out that you're you're doing this, you're, you're doing great things. Fine. You know how you show that out? Your stats do that. Your game film does it. When to post game film, that's fine. If you if you light it up, that's fine. But like, there's a lot of talking about it and not enough being, not about, being it. about it. And that's what and that's just this, this instant gratification. Society all show, no go, it. baby. All show, no. All go. show, no go. We all we heard that one before. <laughs> On that note, let's move into some of our NBA talk. We had a. Mid-season firing over the Timberwolves find their coach, Saunders. I mean, I think Chris. Kind of an, it was kind of unexpected from around the league, but I mean, clearly they hired someone like. Not true. Day. This was yeah. pretty semi. Like this was trending in that direction. They're seven and twenty-four. Um, I was watching the game last night. The Knicks were up twenty-two. I thought they were going to blow the doors off them, and they ended up making it close. And the Knicks almost lost the game. Now it's not even like I. I would argue that they've had more. They've acquired more talent than even the Knicks in recent years. Like they've had first round picks. They've gotten talent. They've gotten the first round role pick and talent. Edward, Edwards, they've had more talent. So there's, it's, it's just something I remember Chris, whose brother, I think tweeted out uh, when this happened, something along the lines like the, the Timberwolves haven't been relevant since KG. Ever since KG left. Yeah. Part of the problem with Minnesota is they have D'Angelo Russell and they have Carl Towns. That's supposed to be a one, two. That's a one, two in the West that in the West should at least, in my opinion, be able to to get you five hundred for the around eight spot, there. Compete for the eight spot. Now this coaching they've only played five games together since they since they've they, been paired. They've only played five games time. together. That, so that's the problem. That's tough. Availability, availability, like that's. But I, the I think the front office thinks that. I think the front office thinks that this team, even with all with the injuries and the lack of playing together, is still better than seven wins. And I I, I could see that because last night watching when they're playing the Knicks, this team was making stupid mistakes and just playing undisciplined basketball. And I, you know what it is? Those are mistakes that are a reflection on the, on the coaching staff. And I haven't, you know, rumors around the I league. I think it was coming for a while. Yeah. It was. I think rumors around the league was, now understand this. This is why it's a very awkward situation for Minnesota. Okay. Ryan Saunders is the son of Flip Saunders. Flip Saunders. Yeah, yeah. Flip Saunders, you know, was a big time coach in Detroit. He yep. is, his name is retired in the rafters at in Minnesota because remember he Flip was the was KJ a coach. coach. Yeah. Then coach. he went to be the he came back toward the end to be a, the GM, and then he got cancer, and then he missed a whole season, and then he passed away, and mm-hmm. then they made him they retired him. You know he's you know, all time yeah. you know, basically the Minnesota Timberwolves Hall of Fame. Now you make his son the More coach. Fun. 
Mm-hmm. Now you fired him midseason and then hire the guy 10 minutes later, which means you were it talking to this guy. When, it was a win, not if. You were talking to this guy for at least a week. You asked the Raptors permission to talk to him, to this the new coach, and then you then fire him. And then in 10 minutes, you hire the new guy. So basically, if I'm the new guy, I'm saying to myself, shit, this is like the, the, the boyfriend, you know, the girlfriend cheating on the boyfriend. And the boyfriend's like, well, shit, she got with me by cheating on her ex. Could this happen to me now? Mm-hmm. You know, so now I think, yeah, but I think isn't he isn't wasn't he a G League coach, Ryan Saunders? No, no, the guy they the hired guy? something wasn't he something along to do with the G League G League or an assistant? You got to take that ad- advancement. You can't be worried. No, about I, I, I don't blame the Raptors. I really don't not, blame the Raptors yeah, you, guy. I to me, it's very sketchy from the Minnesota the Minnesota front office. That's why I feel I, I, I think it was like the optics of that. I, it think, just, good, I think it was it was always a oh a, a when not an if. It was it, they figured that out a little while ago that he was getting fired and it, it just came up a situation where like you said, you saw them playing sloppy basketball as indictment on the coach. And they're like, here's our situation. This is a rough situation. I mean, maybe the guy just wasn't fit out to be a, co- a head coach in the NBA. No, you know what? And I think, I think they gave it to Ryan Saunders a little too early. I think that's what it is. I still believe, listen, if you're getting in the running to be an NBA head coach, I'm going to say majority of the time you can be a good head coach. There's very few that, that get the opportunity and then are just completely that bad to where they never get an opportunity again. I think Ryan Saunders, A, because of his last name and B, I think he will be a guy coach again. I think he'll be an assistant. Yeah. He'll lick it's hard to be a yeah. bad NBA coach. I think an NBA coach and just, not just, be able to get it's back Chris Finch. Chris Finch is the guy. Yeah, that that's what I'm going to say. Just to touch on some of the challenges Coach Finch is going to face. And I think the reason why they looked at the Raptors organization as a potential hiring, uh, it's just getting a, a collection of young players to like commit to the team before their individual statistics. I mean, the Timberwolves, are, they have a young roster. They were kind of in a position where uh, Toronto was with some of the younger guys. You know, they had Siakam, Adenobi, uh, Fred Van Fleet, like just a bunch of younger pieces. And I think the biggest challenge for him is getting those guys to form winning habits on a nightly basis. Like you said, like talent-wise, like this, is, this team should have more than seven wins. Like they're if you look at their roster, it, they're probably more talented as, uh, at, than the Knicks themselves. Like, would you agree or disagree? I think fully healthy. Oh, fully healthy. It's very close. I think that, that Towns gives them the edge because down low, the Knicks had no answer for Towns down low. Mm-hmm. No I think Mitchell Robinson would give the answer too because he could foul out. So if they can go for like a little run and just maybe close the season on a winning no and maybe like string together a couple wins and like get guys to commit and sacrifice to like – not their own stat line because like Anthony Edwards, like that man is explosive. That man yeah. is explo- that man is explosive. They have raw talent now. You need when you when you have raw talent, you need the coaching to hone in that talent. And and, say, and I, you know what? I'm not saying because I'm a Knicks fan, but I think Tibbs is doing that perfect example of look at the raw talent we had last year in a, in a raw RJ Barrett, a raw Julius Randle, a raw Mitch Robinson. And now uh, I, I would say Julius Randle was raw. No, Julius Randle was very raw last year. He has cleaned his game up, and now he's going to be an all-star. Bro, yeah, he, it is oh, he's been an all, hasn't he been an all-star before? No, this is going to be his first time, and Randle was a turnover sure? machine last year. You know how many times I watched the Knicks last year before, when, before the pandemic shut the season down? How many times I watched that guy do his drive to the left, spin, and lose the ball and lose the game yeah. in the process? Yeah. <laughs> I never guess. On my birthday, Julius Randle, I went to the game for my birthday. Dude, all he had to do was make two free throws. Okay, to tie the game, missed them both. No, no, he made one and then missed second one. I was like, this is just perfect. This is exactly right par for the course for me as a Knicks fan and par for the course for Julius Randle. And he has turned it around. I think it's the coaching. I think coaching is huge when you have young talent 
or a guy like Randall that hasn't found it in this league yet. And now he has, he loves he's playing been, here. But he, yeah, he's been, he's been like a slightly below all-star Now he's a guy that in LA and in New Orleans. Borderline. Yeah. Borderline. Yeah. Exactly. So now he's really found it. Um, but, but that's where coaching is. And a guy like Towns, you know, D'Angelo Russell, there's young talent on the Timberwolves that they need somebody like a Tibbs, but they didn't like Tibbs. You know, the players loved them, but the front office was kind of, and, and all the players weren't buying into Tibbs. And I get it. Tibbs is the hard coach to buy in for because he's defense. You don't play defense, you're out. And the young player today, it's a little, you know, hit or miss. But, you know, let's I don't want to get on. into Let's move from – That's a good segue one, into the Knicks talk, but, I mean – Well, we can move on from yeah, one, we're gonna get, one we're gonna circle back to another to number Knicks. one pick. Um, Celtics blow, blow it versus the Pelicans. Blew it, like, bad. Like, this was awful. I had – I took the Celtics minus three – and I, I literally I turned away the game. It was up there up 24, whatever it was. I come back and it's tied. And I go, oh my God. Yeah. And then they're going to lose the game. And they come back and tie. It was just like, I can't get a good out. And Chew, you, you know this better than I do. I just can't get a read on the Celtics team. I really I, can't. I, here, yeah. I was just read. saying this before. Here's the read on the Celtics. They're, they're not, they're not good this year. They're not, they're not, they're not a good, they're not that great of a team this year. And, and they're still being treated as a good team. Game and finally, ones. and finally, people are pointing the finger at the right place. It's they're looking, they're looking at Brad Stevens like, hey, hey, man, you have you have you have everything. You got Kemba back for a couple weeks now. Tatum's back, Brown's back, and there's they're still they're still they're, they're not at a, they're not playing at a level like the Eastern Conference, uh, like deep playoff run appearances. They're not playing. They're not playing at that level close. for whatever reason. And now they're looking at Brad Stevens like, "Yo, are are you the problem? Like, we got we got you. We got rid of Kyrie. Everyone said Kyrie was the problem. They got rid of Hayward. Hayward was getting 20, 25 minutes, even though he wasn't producing, taken away from some of Tatum and Brown's minutes. And um, I mean, they got rid of uh, Scary Terry. Scary Terry. So there's been a lot of turnover, but like it's still the same core in place. And for them to not be able to get consistent results and in, in, in the regular season, even though despite people being in and out of the lineup, like I said, that's things that every team in the NBA is dealing with. Like especially yeah, and they're time. in the East too. They should have a little easier with they should they should win games with, with one of their guys down. Like we've yeah. seen Brooklyn do. Especially when you're 24. You know what that tells me? Mm-hmm. You can't put the game away. You know what that comes well, down to? It comes down to coaching and maintain and keeping the focus. And if guys well, are slipping up, you gotta know how to pull the plug or call timeout or stop the momentum. Yeah. Re- yeah real quick. Go ahead. No, you. I, I, I think I you're about to about say that. the same thing. I mean, I know last pod we talked about like uh, Zion versus Luca long term. I mean, Zion has put put together like a fantastic, solid two, quiet two, year. three games. I mean, is that what you're about to touch? No, on? I was gonna say. I was gonna say he's having a great year. He's gonna make his first All Star. I mean, I feel like with Zion's career has started. He had that first game where he went off in the fourth quarter. I remember, I don't know, I was on his over. It was crazy. He, had, he, was, he just went, it was, it was bonkers, and he blew, blew up. Everyone's like, oh, God, this man might take the lead by storm. Then he had growing pains the end, throughout the, his first year, and now we're seeing him. I think, I think, and I think the NBA and the NBA media and, and, and NBA Twitter has moved off of Zion a little bit because there's a new shiny toy, toy in Brooklyn with those three fucking superstars. You know, they, NBA moves on to their new shiny toy ever, but Zion's quietly having a great year. And I was wanted to touch You know, on what that. I saw last yesterday watching that game was the Celtics uh, basically just assert their will on the Pelicans. The Pelicans got I, laid over and died. And then you saw like a little creep and a little creep. And you know what they started doing? You know what got them back in the game? It was getting isolating Zion in the post. And the fact that Tristan Thompson and those guys down low for Boston no had no answer because no and Doris Burke said it a million times. 
When he backs down, only one body is being moved. Okay? It's not his. And it's not his. Yeah. He's yeah. doing the moving. And as a defender, losing about three feet per back down. Okay? And there was no type of – they had no answer. I said, double him, do something. But here's the downside. I, I just feel like because Zion is undersized, he's shorter. He's bigger, he's stronger, but he's shorter. You know, that, that's why I'm kind of hesitant to say that he's going to be one of the best players in this league because Real? he isn't that Go fast. Ahead. He's fast, but he's not that fast. And he's, he's not lanky. He's just very built like a brick shithouse. He's a really he's brick explosive. But he, he's a, he jumps through it. He can he jump out the gym. Shot though, too, which no, is, that's what I was going to say. Can I was, I was going to say real quick. I think if, like, we've seen this year, he's, he's really focused on inside a lot more. He's been taking a lot more inside shots. I think if we see him build a career, I don't know. I can't think of a big man off the top of my head. He single-handedly won that game last night. Maybe AD and Joker and Embiid, but they all started, like, in the – they weren't – had. Then they didn't come in with a jump shot that they were wet about, you know, like they weren't currently wet. Because I see people comparing him to Ben Simmons because he's such a dominant force in the Everybody paint. Everybody wants to compare But he doesn't have a jump shit, doesn't have a jump shot. I think if Zion takes, like, a big man route of working in the paint and slowly working his way out, that's his best route for, route for success in his career. I think people compare too many people to Ben Simmons when a guy's good, but doesn't have a jump shot. There's a lot of different things. Yeah. Ben Simmons still doesn't have a jump. I shot. think Zion, I think Zion has a better jump shot than Ben Simmons. I know I he was shooting it. At, he too. was shooting it at Duke like that. And he, yeah. he, he transferred to the league just it's fine. Gonna, it's going to, it's going to get better. Open, as long as he can make an open three pointer and defenses have to step up out onto him. I mean, he's quick that's enough all to you need from him. Create, yeah. It's Listen, just going to open up. He can jump out of fucking gym. That he's, offense needs you to were, go. You didn't give him that credit, Darry. Like he, he no, he can. Play. He can. I'm just saying that he's athletic as fuck. We've seen some is. blocks from him, like that, like no one else can get to. He's New like on the. He was like on the block, on the block, down you below know, the hoop, and he jumped out to the three point. Served New Orleans well, and I think Stan Van Gundy's a very good coach, and he'll he'll figure it out. He's been there, done that, and this league very respected. You got it. You're you're not gonna win it this year. We obviously know that. I think you feed you force feet die on the ball. Let him take his growing pains. Think about this, guys. He hasn't played a full season yet. And I say the same thing for RJ, and I, I say the same thing for the, all these rookies from last year's class. Give these guys a chance, and, and Zion especially. When, when they fed him the ball a couple of sessions in a row, the game changed completely. It really did. The whole complexion of the game changed, and the Celtics felt it slipping away. So, listen, I would force feed him the ball, take your lumps, let him figure it out, and then next year, yeah, maybe add a piece, and maybe New Orleans, maybe, you got, maybe you're, you're at least in the conversation. Because right now yeah. you're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 gonna all their young. It's gonna be about their young players getting better every Develop year. That young it remains to be seen if they'll keep if Lonzo Ball is a part of their future plans or not. But we'll hey, see. Ball I mean, did a very hell of a job. Listen, that guy I, went from. So how do we how do we talk about NBA for 15 minutes without getting to the hottest show? In the league, we're not getting there yet. I'm talking with the Knicks. Oh next. my goodness! Oh my that, goodness! That, you can tell Darry made the rundown. The Nets are buried towards the bottom. <laughs> if you bury the lead, hottest I team in the said, league. I thought you said the better team. For we're going. Listen, we're going on about the Pelicans. All right, I go. love. I listen. This is a show that covers all the bases. We're not just some some show that supports the right, bandwagon people, fans. The people want to hear about uh, the people want to hear about their the intellectual you know, fans are, are appreciating. And we want to hear about New York team. What, what, I'll, I'll make the transition. <laughs> we are talking about the Celtics earlier, how um, Darryl asked you, like, we can't get a read on this team. I mean, I was saying earlier, like, I feel better betting on the Knicks because they're not – they're they're like the opposite ends they of the spectrum. They come to play every night. Of not being superstar teams, like, you know, not like they're constantly minus numbers. But the Knicks get a better number, and they're winning games. And the Celtics are still being treated as a good team, and they're not winning the games, and they're not covering lines. 
They're yeah. on like the opposite end of the spectrum, right above listen, that cusp won, of breaking 50% against the spread. Yeah. No, listen, teams like the Knicks are going to always be right there with the spread because they play defense, they keep the games close, and they keep it under. In and, the they're, and they're getting a lot, and their value in Vegas is a lot different than Absolutely. Celtics Absolutely. on paper. So from what I saw, the Knicks have won five of the last six. Okay, they're now Tuesday night, which is the game we're going to. You hate to see it. We'll be at the guard, the world's most famous arena. We'll be there tomorrow night. Um, I'd love to do a show from there at some some point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, this team is playing very well as of late. Uh, they play good defense. They keep games close. Um, they're they're one of the worst offensive statistical teams in the league. That's okay because they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Um, you know, every night they're going to play hard. It's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a Tom Thibodeau team. They're going for 500 uh, tomorrow night. Um, Julius Randle's playing his best basketball of his career. We were talking about it before. He's coaching. He's made some adjustments. Um, he's going to be an all-star. He's his first all-star appearance. And he loves this city. He loves his coaching staff. And the fans love him. All right. Now, here is what I saw. In games where Rosen quickly score like under five or six points, the, the Knicks either lose or is very close. When him, when Rose and Quickly are on their game, the Knicks are easily up seven or eight points and cruise into a win. That's what I've noticed. And Rose and Quickly are playing very well in, in, in very well at the one and two. I really love watching them play. They're both very good off the pick and roll. They both have that mid range jumper, and they both play with great electricity. What do you Can guys think of? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. What do you guys think of RJ Barrett? I think he's so up and I think he's playing better than last year. Yeah. He's averaging sixteen point five a game. His jump shot is a little better than last year, but what, what is your read? Because for me, I think he's going in the right direction. There's other critics that listen to this podcast that text me on the side saying that he's, he's awful. What do you guys think? I, I think he has – I don't see him being a perennial all-star as of right now, but he's trending in the right direction where it could it could lead to that. If I think if he works off his strengths, like because I remember watching him – I'm a big Duke guy, so I remember watching all his games at Duke, and I've watched a bunch of him in the NBA. But, I mean, if he he's so – elusive on the drive like he's such a great penetrator to the hole that's his strength that's his biggest strength it's not his jump shot so if he utilizes that and works off of that and then like we were just talking about zion like if he hits those open jumpers and he does and then it works that and makes teams respect that that's going to only open up his strengths and make more but i remember like i know i don't know you probably have a better answer for this how's he shooting free throw that was always a wonder like transition that didn't make that that was something his, that didn't make sense to me at Duke. Like he was a bad shooter at free throws. His free throws are still inconsistent, as you saw it last night, where he missed one that that really could have put the game out of reach, but it made it a lot closer than it had to be. Like he okay, feel, this year, he is thirty-one. No, I'm sorry, he's seventy-three percent from the line this year. I feel like he's like he shoots like his shooting from the free throw line is similar to LeBron's, but he's not. He's he'll never be LeBron's where he can get get excused for missing free throws. So if he works on the shooting, knocking down his free throws, cause he does get to the line a good amount. Cause he does drive and create contact at the hole. And he's, yeah. and that's, yeah. that's one big thing. I think he should focus on moving forward to boost his level. Cause free throws, I mean, it's a free point. You should not, everyone should in the NBA should be making them for the most part. Outside he's of big averaging man, you know? six rebounds a game. He's averaging three assists a game. And I made this point to our, one of the people that are very critical with him that listened to this podcast, you know who you are, if you're listening, um, if he could fix, get a little bit better, if he can make just one more three-pointer a game, if he can get his three-point shot a little more consistent, he's right there. He's not going to door 20 a game, all right, yeah. in, in a league right now where he has no three-point shot. So right now, RJ is getting his 16.6 a game by driving to the hoop. And he's – and he's I, honestly, he's not finishing half his layups, contested and, layups. And he's missing his free throws, like you said, Ryan. So Yeah, Dara, real quick, um, 
And also, don't you think that uh, teams focus, like, when they go into matchups, since he's been on the team, I mean, Randall's obviously their number one offensive. Like, the, sure. for the Knicks, they got to worry about offensive yeah. We- yeah. weapon. I think Barrett's up there, and he's, like, it is, compared, it to, compared to other rookies who come into, like, better situations and are able to, like, not get that much focus, he's, he's getting a little more challenge, which I think will help him in the long run, but we're not seeing it right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's there – he should be, for the most part – a top priority when teams when teams go looking at the Knicks. I mean, it's he just, isn't this year. I mean, I mean, quickly showed up. So I think now quickly is being more pri- yeah, prioritized. The point we, I want to make about quickly, like some rookies, you they show up and you can just tell, like they they like Dwayne Wade has made this point, like the rookies that show up playing with like uh, playing with pace and are able to like find get their consistent shots and already have their spots on the floor. I mean, that's just a huge difference to me. To me, R.J. Barrett is kind of on the trajectory like Alonzo Ball. Like he's he's athletic. Like he can do he can do a lot of good things well. But it's just a matter of like being consistent on a nightly basis. Like every I still think Alonzo Ball can be a star in this league just off of the off of the tools he has. And it's it's the same thing for Barrett. It's just, it's just going to come down to a matter of being being consistent on it on a night in and a night basis score scoring wise and being aggressive being aggressive too well now when you have julius randall who who basically handles most of the offensive workload i mean i think it barrett thinks like thinks of looks at it like i don't really have to be that scoring option i don't necessarily need mine if i have a guy that's going for 42 so it goes back to my, my point when i went with zion i these guys haven't played a full season in the nba like, I mean, especially for a first season, that was last year was fucking. It was rough. very weird. Yeah. And then you stop abruptly, and then your off season's all screwed up. You have no true preseason this year, so you know you're giving. And understand this: they didn't play in the bubble, they didn't play at all. The Pelicans didn't they? Pelicans didn't. Oh, the yeah. I, okay. Okay. No, yeah. Knicks, I, I, yeah. Knicks did it. Knicks did. Knicks, Knicks, so, so Knicks didn't play. That was the main argument of why the season needed to start. It was it was so fair for the unfair for the teams. They didn't play in mad long. The teams they didn't play almost a year if if they were if they were going to push back the season. So, they they exactly. up to now. If they started the game seasons now, they were they were done for a year. They, 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 they didn't play for a year. We need to pump the know, brakes because he has shown Spurs this year of the player that he can be. Now there were times where the Knicks he had a game winning layup and he missed it. Now it was contested. It was crazy, but he missed it. I said to myself, I said. You know, this is his building process, and one day he's going to make that. He will make that. If he's getting to the hoop, the easiest part is finishing. The hardest part is getting to the hoop, which he's doing. So I think we're getting ahead of ourselves too much. People that say, oh, RJ sucks, this and that. Listen, Kevin Knox, the ship might have sailed. Frank Nicolina, the ship definitely sailed. All right, but I think it's way too soon for RJ Barrett. I think he's playing a lot better than those two guys. If you're going to compare him, um, he, he, this kid, he can do it. He, he just got to get a consistent three-point shot. And that's what it comes down to. Can I make my far out prediction for the Knicks? Go ahead. This is a, this is how I see it. I've been talking to Chewy about it. I don't know if I mentioned it to you. So this is what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to call it beforehand. We're going to recut. We're going to come back to this pod when I'm right. In four, in four, three, four years, when LeBron's son comes out, they're going to, they're finally going to get the number one pick and LeBron's going to go finish. He's going to let his son develop for a little bit. And then he's going to go finish his last couple years as a support player, more of a three-point shooter. He's going to develop a three-point shooter. He's still going to be LeBron, but he obviously at that age. Three or four years. Yeah. 
and they're gonna. I think it's gonna be finesse. I mean, or well, they have other teams pick. I don't know how it's gonna work. It's gonna work. I'm telling you, they're gonna. This is this every, is how LeBron every, gets every to year. New York. Every that's year, awful. there's supposed to be a new savior that's gonna come to save the Knicks. When LeBron, no, we're done with that, Chewy. When, we're when done LeBron with was that. in free agency, it was LeBron. Then it was Giannis, 2021. We've heard it all. I mean, it, I can see it happening. It's definitely in the best interest <laughs> interest of the re- league. Like how they got Patrick Ewing there. Back back in the eighties, uh, they were going to do that. They would have done it already if they could do the Patrick with Zion. bullshit. They would have done it with Zion. Zion. They would have done it. The but I think I think no. they saw they saw how like how like hurt Bro, everyone was. I don't want to hear this that. Is a, I don't, this is listen, the one they did right now. Chewy, only one he's saying that is Ryan. This team is on the upward trajectory. In three or four years, they're not going to be a lottery team. They're going to be right here in a, in a. I think in three or four oh, years, boy. they're going to be an eight seed at the very worst. You know who's and, playing good. You know who's playing good basketball. Here we go. Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Okay. Let's, James go, let's, let's talk about the Nets. They're they're Nets they're below. They're <laughs> they just they just had a fantastic road. They did, they had a this is this, this guy's mean, first comment is Nets blow. You can tell where his bias is. I mean, they marched through the West. The biggest difference I've seen out of this team is their defensive effort. They're look they're locked in. They've been having shoot arounds on day of games, and I think the the West Coast has been really good to them. I mean, James Harden is playing at an elite level. Like he's playing at an MVP player of the level. week. Getting, getting, getting guys open, getting easy shots, just playing, playing patient offense, and like the role players. I mean, Joe Harris, TLC, all those guys are are hitting their shot. Tyler Johnson. I mean, the the list goes on yeah, and on. Starting to come Jeff, together. Jeff, Jeff Green, like they're they're it's coming scary. together, and without KD, it's scary I mean, for the NBA. Hey, they're they're looking hey. they're looking like every everything at every bit as advertised, and it's and- why I told people like when they were going through their their rough patches, I'm like pump the brakes it's a it's a long season just like how you can't overreact to a couple losing like uh cold, cold nights or whatever you can't really overreact i mean basically what the nets need to do is just continue to get better continue to pre continue to get better in like the areas where they lack like their defense and rebounding i still think they need a backup center just to the ability to match up um if you i mean but what what you saw on this west coast trip is the Nets are finally like just embracing being small. Like part of it was DeAndre Jordan having like personal issues. He had to miss one game on the West Coast or whatever. But Steve Nash has went to a lineup where he's starting Jeff Green, and they're just embracing small ball. And what they're saying is, we're we're gonna outscore. You. We're gonna outscore you. We're gonna outscore you. We're gonna outscore you. Period. I mean, the main takeaway. And we're gonna make the stops when we need to. And make the stops when you need to. And Ty, Paul George. If you guys hang up. Game. Paul George played an amazing game and. If you're on a minutes restriction, and that's another controversial topic that came out of the game last night. This man played 33 minutes. You're telling me he could play all the way up to three minutes left in the game and you you won't let him go to distance? If he has a 33-minute minute restriction and you timed it out that he can't play at the, the, last, at the, at the last two minutes of the game, what what are you do? What are you doing if you're Ty Lue? What are you doing? You, what is your, what, what, you failed your one job of the day. PG that was, was your only job. making shots. He played. He was playing pretty good defense, and and then and then when it came time to win the game, they battled back, and it came time to win the game. And your best player was watching. Like what? What? What is that? What is that? I want to touch. You hate, you hate to see it. I think real quick on the Nets before I let it Chewy get take back over with the Nets talk. Um, I think I was talking to him about this earlier today. What when they're talking? missing a when they're missing a. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> I think a third star, a third of their star, one star is less value to the less valuable to them in a game matchup when they then Joe Jeff Green and Joe Harris. 
which is what, let me explain my point. So basically I'm saying the three of them, when there's three of them in a lineup, there's only so much they can do. The three stars, the KD, the Harden and the Kyrie. And they, you know, they do end up having to take a little bit back. There's only one ball. I mean, they're playing fantastic ball, but Joe Harris and Jeff Green are more valuable than that third star, whoever it is. Cause these guys are so good that when that third star is out, they fill that void so easily. Those mm-hmm. two guys and these three, these, the other, the, Jeff Green and the role players, they're more valuable, in my opinion, they're more valuable to the net success. Than yeah. that, whoever that third star is, not not individual person. But in that, and another thing I want to say, we've seen this in Miami when they when they're big three and four. They had growing pains in the beginning. And what is NBA Twitter and the NBA media doing right now? They're saying, oh, when KD comes back, I think we have, might have some ball movement issues and shit. They're fucking it's reaching always, for left and shit. Always, they're always, reaching for shit left and right. Yeah. And like, what, this team is fucking a different level. And it's getting scary if they're if they're gelling without one of the guys. Get scary it's hours. It's scary. It's really And I think scary. the part of the reason why the hours have been so scary on the West Coast is, I mean, the, clear, the clearly defined roles of James Harden and Kyrie just – just from a leadership aspect, being able to go up to another player player of your caliber and be like, "Hey, listen, you're the point guard, and I'm the shooting guard." Those are those are Kyrie's and James Harden's natural positions that they really haven't gotten to play at any point in their career. Really, like they were Kyrie, forced Kyrie, to play the opposite. Kyrie Irving is naturally a shooting guard. Like he can score. He's a three level scorer that can get to the paint at will. He's a shooting guard. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't excel the most at distributing the basketball. Where his jump got, shot is better when he's a catch and shoot. I think. Yeah, Kyrie. and and then you have James Harden, who is a natural, who is a completely natural playmaker. I mean, he led the league in assists in, in 2016, and he's gonna lead lead it this year. So like, he's a natural. He's a natural point guard. Having those roles defined, I mean, the offensive efficiency has just been off the off the charts through the roof. Like no 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 complaints. I mean, Chris. Chris was going back and forth, my brother, about oh the Nets have ball movement issues. I'm like, dude, you're not you're not going to convince me that these guys have any. Try, that's issues. a fabricated look. It's a fabricated narrative because right now you have nothing really to talk about. And this is for me being a Knicks fan and hating. I love I deep down I do like seeing both New York teams playing well. Like, I think it's good for the city. I think it's good for the NBA. And I love that we can we can kind of shit talk. I hope that one day my team get to that point. But we said on this podcast in the beginning when the, when the, when the trade happened, they're going to go through their growing pain. Steve Nash in his first year is going to have to still find his way. And then getting these influx of stars. Now he's going to find his way again. I think he's found his way. Mm-hmm. I think that this coaching staff is starting to find its way. This team is starting to find its way. And I think when Durant comes back, listen, these guys, they don't care at this point. It's not a selfish. I need my touch. I need my touches. They came here to win a ring at the end of the day. They put the, gotta, those, all these guys have K, KD has his stats, Harden, Kyrie. They all have their stats, but guess what? One of them lacks a ring. Guess what? All of them want one other one, a ring. I got a question for Chewy. Yeah. Um, as an educated uh, basketball fan, do you think that as a fan of a team that Har- James Harden's on, this is the best season he's played? This is the most excited of a season you've been for him. Like I think he's playing his best all-around game. Like, I the people are gonna get distracted by the fifty points streak he had and like all those numbers he was putting up when he was just yeah. being ball centric, ball dominant. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's playing great defense when he, when need be. Mm-hmm. And he's making big defensive plays at certain times in the games I've watched. He's fucking adapted his role, scored less, and just facilitated this offense very well. Ran the second unit. I mean, I think this is his most all-around. 
best season. I think this is, I think he's like, I mean, I wouldn't say he's more valuable, but I think this is his like best overall around season. Yeah. yeah. All, you have, all you have to do is look at the efficiency numbers and you have, you'd have to agree. I think if you're a James Harden fan, like still rooting for his success, I mean, you have to be ecstatic because like for, for the longest time, I'm like, yeah, he did have certain, certain star star pairings in, in Houston. Like he got to play with Westbrook. I mean, Westbrook is in a Chris Paul of shot maker. I mean, Chris Paul and is, Dwight a Howard is, was a natural, the first is a natural point guard. I mean, like if you, a player of Harden's caliber and you, if you've been watching and you doubted his ability to do that, I mean, I think for years and years, the narrative was like Harden can't get over the hump. Harden, like it's, his style. It sucks his style watching of, him. His style of basketball isn't like, can't, can't win a championship. And what he's basically said is like, essentially like watch, watch this how, how how how's this for style and when you have two players that can score from anywhere and are that skilled offensively you can really it, it facilitate makes, it makes it it makes it easy it makes it easy for you so i think he i mean he's he's happy he's as happy i think he's he really got exactly happy. what he wanted and he he's he's proving to like he's living up to every bit of the hype like I, and more i don't know if it's just him being with the nets and me being more followers of nets Twitter and whatnot, but I see like I see his tweets and shit more. I don't think he was doing that in Houston, like the scary errors. I think he's just having fun with it. And I like even when he made that stop on um, I think Kawhi, I think he hopped on the squares table. I think Durant, I'm pretty sure it was Durant right behind the squares table. They went and bullshit. Like it's just a fun atmosphere. Like like Daru hates me for liking him because I'm technically not an Nets fan, but I mean I put so much heart. Knicks fan, Nick's not a fan of anything. The Lakers, LeBron, Lakers, LeBron, and I just like watching good basketball. It's fun, man. I like enjoying that. I remember the runs with the Warriors where they were down at times. Like and Chewy was with me with the Suns game. Like this team's never out of a game, and they it's kind of it's kind of exciting when they get down by 24 and they do the impossible and they come back and you throw a little bread on that bitch and they and it comes through. <laughs> It definitely makes it a lot more exciting. Runs I mean, I just Warriors. have fun watching. See? He's talking about the Warriors like he was like you know part of the crew. See that I can't do this anymore. I was, I was, <laughs> I, I was a part anymore. of the crew. The, that was crew. one of the greatest gambling runs I've ever had in my life. Shout out, Sunny, me, Sunny, and I forget who else was on that run. It was crazy. We, we we're gonna the, wrap it up here tonight. We took the <laughs> Cavs and the Warriors I gotta, for that whole We gotta, we gotta run. go. We gotta go. All right, we're going to Knicks game tomorrow night. Just so everybody knows, anybody looking to go to a game to a no crew. Knicks and Nets game. You got you, you need a PCR test. It's not the rapid test. It's a PCR test that gets sent back to the lab. Warriors, um, Warriors, Knicks picks. If you're vaccinated, it doesn't matter. You it doesn't matter. Chewy's vaccinated. He still needs it. I'm taking Warriors, the Knicks. Knicks picks. Minus taking the Knicks. They need the game. Warriors, the fans, the fans are in minus the stands. Three and a half. I got the Warriors. Curry's over. Yes, I got both. Knicks need this one. Back to 500. Fans back in the building. World's most famous arena. No place you'd rather be, folks. We'll catch you all Friday. Tune in. Ray Diesel, Teray Stevens will join us. Everybody have a good rest of your Tuesday.